Hey guys, and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today, I'm joined by a guest whose name I physically don't know how to say, um, which is weird to say because I've spoken to you a lot, but I have no idea how to say your name. It's L-L-E-W Gibson. Yeah, right. Everyone from England, like thinks i'm just lou or like lewis that's what i assume it's, it's slow so in in welsh you've got like a double l as part of the alphabet and it's so you roll your tongue up if you want to try it Ro- roll your tongue up to the roof of your mouth right <laughs> okay. and then you do that like kind of like a smile like and then it's with an ew so slow. yeah i can't even do that i might just have to give you another name go on try it Sal. no that wasn't right well anyway i'm i'm joined by this person who I think is an amazing person on Instagram. Um, I've followed you for absolutely years, I think, because I've seen your stuff for absolutely years. And it's so good to have you on the podcast because I just love everything you stand for. So thank you for being here, even though I can't say your name. No, thank you. I appreciate that. That's really nice. Do you want to just give our listeners a little bit of a rundown as to who you are and what you do? Yeah. So do you want me to, what do you want me to like, talk about? Do you want me to talk about like the, the whole business we've got going on now? Or do you want me to talk about like the background myself personally? Start, start with the business um, and then we're going we're gonna to go deep today anyway because <laughs> if anything I've established with you is that we can do deep conversation. Everyone gets sick of me by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, so personally I started in, in fitness just coming from a background of like having a physique basically or body back then in school that I wasn't happy with and to be honest I was almost like obsessive with other people like how they were just in good shape and I wasn't. And rugby background, so physique was important. You had to be big, you had to be strong, you had to be powerful. That's what got me interested in the gym. Um, Then I broke my ankle in three places. It was so bad that it went through the growth plate and I wasn't allowed to walk for like two months. Came around Easter time, so I enjoyed a lot of Easter eggs, got really fat. Um, Parents told me they were puppy fat and it would go, but it wasn't. Um, So yeah, it was was one of those things that I, I remember getting to like a breaking point one time. And I was just like, I've got to sort this out. And obviously I had no idea how, but to be fair, my father had always trained. He had weights out the garden. So the whole lockdown training thing was the first way I got into it, right? Um, so yeah, started off 14 years old, getting into training, sorted myself out, but was still not happy with how much body fat I still had. So then 16, got introduced to insanity, funny enough. And the nutrition perspective from from that was what then I learned how quickly you can manipulate your body literally within 60 days, got the T-shirt from them, which was like one of those achievements you had to get. And yeah, from then I just got obsessed with how quickly you can improve your life with nutrition and training. Um, And literally from about 16, I had people started to ask me for diet plans, for training plans. And it was people my age, it wasn't older people at the time um, because they probably didn't trust me as a kid. But my mates, definitely, I started giving out training plans, diet plans from day one. That's how we started. And it was around the same time. I've talked about this before. I've always had more of a passion, definitely with the business side of things, I'd say, or on par with nutrition and training then. Um, you know, back in school, like selling stuff on eBay in primary, like <laughs> it wasn't the typical dealing in school, but it was actually online sort of like sales and stuff. So just buying and selling. And I was only allowed a max spend of £5 on my father's account. So it wasn't big money, but it was like just trading and stuff and trying to make some money. So yeah, the the background there has always been an interest for me. And I saw the whole fitness scene start to blow up on Instagram in like 2015. That was when I was kind of getting into doing diet plans for people for free at that time. That's then when I realized 
I think I, I genuinely did realize very early on, right, I've got to do something because this is going to blow up. Everyone was talking about like Gymshark was only just emerging, starting to put themselves on the map. Um, and you could, I just wanted to be a fucking fitness influencer, to be honest. Like it was one of those things, um, but it wasn't big at the time. Like it wasn't one of those things at the time. So yeah, um, I just posted every single day since then and I haven't stopped. So it's just been one of those things that's grown. I grew fast when I was younger um, from an Instagram perspective. I hit 20K followers within like um, maybe two years and it's kind of just been stagnant since because I've taken so many different turns, I think. I got deeper into bodybuilding then because I got obsessive with it. I was, no, I was no longer just a guy that looked good with like somewhat of a six pack. I just got obsessed with like the whole rabbit hole of falling into working with like Callum for two years, which was the best thing I ever did. But it definitely led me down that whole path. And then I came out the other side where I was like, I've seen the dark side of bodybuilding now. I need to get back to just actually being able to help people because there's so many people struggling. And I, I felt like I was being selfish. Because I wasn't helping people anymore. I cut down my clients on purpose. Um, I didn't want to work with people because I wanted to focus on my own physique development. And my personality changed. The more PEDs I used, the further away from the person I wanted to be, you know, I became. And I just had one point where it was like two weeks before my last show. It was a long season, five shows. And I just said to Cam, I was like, I'm done. Like, completely done. And everyone at the time thought that it was a bit of a... A bit of like, you know what everyone says when they've kind of had enough of prep. Oh, I'm never competing again, blah, blah, blah. But I know, like, when I when I close a chapter, I know I'm not going back. And it was just one of those moments, like, even though I had two weeks to go to the last show, I was like, I'm actually done with this now. I'm going to finish the job, but I'm done. And I've never looked back since. The whole PB brand emerged from that. Um, we're now at the point now where we've got a team of, well, five coaches um which people don't know about two of them yet but we've we've got a big team now and we've got the gym as well so we've got a gym locally um it's a great gym obviously i'm going to say that but it's, it's filled with lots of different pieces of equipment and we've got a good you know team there as well that work and run the gym so yeah it's, it's just kind of like branched off into that direction now um and i just want to well I, we are going to 100 percent make this into a platform where if you come to us you get everything you possibly could need when it comes to personal development. That's the route I want to go down. Um, it's not going to be the whole financial aspect in terms of like, you know, helping people build businesses, but it's going to be, if you're struggling with any area of life, I want to have someone, an expert in every single field, whether it's like mental health, the psychology, um, whether it comes down to managers, managing their finances, their lifestyle, relationships. Um, and then obviously the, the foundation to that, I believe, is is your health and your physique. So if we can fix that first, that's the bare minimum as a coach. But then I want to have this extra layer to what we offer where people generally get everything to level up their life. Um, but you've probably noticed with your with coaching people, how much does their life change when they get their, their fitness and their health in order? Massively. It It's not, I think people often look at it as, oh, it's just going to be me getting fitter. But actually the knock-on effect that that goes and has on the rest of your life is ridiculous yeah so so that that's that's what i noticed and i, and I started to realize that i got more thrill now out of out of hearing the, those stories with the certain individuals that we were coaching that meant more to me then than just someone another person that wants a six pack like don't get me wrong i want to be like the best at doing that as well but i think within 
within our team now, we're going to have certain coaches that are experts in every sort of field. So if you come to us and you want to get like the most shredded physique as a man, we've got a coach for that, you know, that's going to help you with everything. But then if you're coming to us with a bit of uh, a lifestyle aspect to it, but you also need improvements, could be your mental health, could be the way that you handle emotions. I want to have someone there that, that knows how to handle those situations. So that's the kind of big goal. We're not there yet. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're going with it. That's the vision yeah that's awesome i think we have a a, a, quite a similar take on it as well like neither of us are so heavily involved in bodybuilding per se anymore and the focus that's not to say that we're not going to get people in shape we absolutely are but i think the focus is a little bit different because we care a lot more about people's health and well-being as well yeah i've seen that that transition with you as well and it's funny right because we watch the industry we follow all these people that we know this you know, similar ages and kind of been through the same sort of journeys. And you can spot what phase every person is in. Like, I love people watching and I, I literally love watching people going through these certain phases. And I saw it happen with you. Um, you left the whole bodybuilding phase before I did. Um, but no, it's interesting to see. And I've always said like what you touched on there. The thing is, because we've become so obsessive with how we can maximize hypertrophy or maximize fat loss and retaining muscle. We've been through that personally, that journey, and we've coached that for those people as well. Now we've just, we've become a whole lot better because we've transitioned back to living a life outside of the gym, you know, not having the gym sort of, you know, dictate your life. Now we live our life with the gym as just a a side sort of hobby, really. Um, So you can now coach, the, you've got the expertise from being through that and now you can apply that to the masses. Whereas a, a standard PT can't do that or a standard coach can't do that. But a bodybuilding coach can't do that either because they still live like a bodybuilder. If, if you say to them, I went out on the weekend and I had a few drinks, they'd be like, oh my God, why are you off plan? You know, they, they like that to lifestyle clients because they don't understand how someone could actually go off plan. And it's, it's one of those things where it actually frustrates me now. Yeah. So I think you're you're in the same place with what you're doing. Mm, very much so. And I think there's there's sometimes a misunderstanding that if you're if you're this sort of coach who cares about your health and well-being, you're not going to get someone in shape and that's so not true. It's so not true. We're going to get you in shape, but we're going to probably do it in a way that's going to be a hell of a lot better for you and your mental health at the same time. 100%. I don't I don't think there's a bigger flex than than someone that can get absolutely peeled, right? For a man, um, get absolutely peeled or close to being peeled and still then flex and say, oh yeah, and I had a burger every single week. Oh, I, ha- I went out for a meal. I went out for drinks with the boys. I didn't miss a social event. That's a flex. Whereas the whole bodybuilding ego thing is, I didn't skip a meal for 52 weeks. Like, I, I don't care. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I do understand it from their perspective. I mean, I think when when you're prepping, you have to... You have to be so focused because you can't stand on stage thinking, oh, I should have done that. I should have done this. I get it. But equally, when it comes to living the rest of your life, I don't think you should be living like that. No, no. And the the thing is that you don't get an award in bodybuilding for just being the most dedicated person. It's a combination of all things. So just I don't want to go on a rant about bodybuilding now because I tend to do that but I've still got very good friends that still compete and they still love bodybuilding right so I don't want to knock it and I think it teaches a lot of good habits um, good disciplines and it shows you what you're capable of as well but you can't get an award just for being the most dedicated person that's not what it's just about so it does it does frustrate me sometimes when people feel like they have the right to win just because they are dedicated 
Um, that, that's the part of me that doesn't think it's a sport because I, I just think that, that anyway, we're not going down. <laughs> we'll go down a slightly different route because I have some some big topics that I want to talk to you about today. So let's get started. So when 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 I think back to how I started off in the fitness industry, it's really pretty tragic to look back on not just from a work perspective but I mean like when I started getting into fitness you know I was very much cardio bunny I'm massively under eight um I when I look back at the things that I did I'm just like wow like I just didn't know anything to be perfectly honest with you um and I see it now I see it with other people where a lot of things are marketed towards the fact that people don't necessarily know everything that they should know and it's it's it's, it's sad when I look at it because I'm like no don't get sucked into that because it's just the wrong way for you to go so like for example things like Slimming World and all of those sorts of massive organizations um I think yeah it's it's I'm not trying to be rude in saying it but I think it is geared towards people that just don't have the knowledge and they're sort of you know financially benefiting from those people so what do you think of these organizations um i i i love the business model i do it's like it's it's something that always interests me i don't i don't ever hate on anyone i feel like the, the yeah the business works is insane it's 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 dark it's literally playing on someone's emotions and you're getting them literally addicted to this way of living and it's almost like a cult where if you leave or oh, you're not going to make any progress because this is the way it works and you're not doing it right. So I've, I've obviously seen this like with my mom, my, my mother. So I'm not sure if you know what it's like when you've got like relatives in the family that are doing these things. The problem is they're so deep and embedded in this cult that if you give them any advice outside of that, they are not going to listen and it's going to probably, you know, disrupt your relationship with them. So it's not even worth having the conversation. Um, so yeah, my, my view on the whole thing is like, I always think there's something to learn from someone, whether it's good or bad, even if it's to learn what not to do. Um, so with them, they're obviously targeting that market because they know how desperate they are. There's desperation involved. They, they are desperate for these results. They haven't got the, the discipline or support that they need because it's just a one sort of checkpoint where they literally take you on a weigh and scale in front of everyone check your number and tell you if you've done good or bad. And I don't know if you know this, but they actually get you to bring like canned food or tinned food with you and they put it in a collection and the person that's lost the most weight, they then give it to you as a prize. Right? So I found that out the other day. Yeah, generally. So it's, it's like they celebrate with food and they reward you with food. So they, they further like destroy that relationship with food as if like, yes, well done. You've held off from it for so long. You've had the results. Now have it again and let's come back fatter. Come on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's an organization that's like really interesting. Is it Slimming World that has the whole banana situation mm. where if you eat <laughs> if you eat a normal banana, it's not a sin. But if you mash it up, it's a sin, which makes no sense because when you eat a banana you're literally mashing it up in your mouth i i can't um i can't i can't remember if it's if it's uh weight watchers or slimming world but they, they are both as bad as each other i have a, i have a massive personal like passion about this right because i've seen it with my mother and i've seen it go through it for so long and finally now after literally 
eight years of coaching, she's joined because we've had a female coach on board. So she hasn't worked with me, but she's used our methods with someone else. And she's actually got the results, finally. So she's the happiest she's ever been. Her clothes are literally every day she's coming down at the moment and the clothes are dropping off her. And do you know what I did? I literally said to her, and you'll understand why I'm saying this phrase, right? Because it's actually trademarked right now, so you can't take it, is bin the scales, okay? So I made her literally throw away the scales and bin the scales. Um, and she has not weighed at all because what was happening was she told me she was weighing four times a day and the relationship she's got with the scales, just like you have a relationship with the, the, yeah, four times a day. It's quite common when you start asking people about it, right? Women, especially in that like demographic, um, she was obsessed with it. And it was, it was a feedback to her of like, whether I'm doing good or whether I'm doing bad. And I just asked her from having a conversation. I was like, just through that way and throughout the day, what, what were you expecting to have from that? What was the, the change? Because if you still look in the mirror and you're unhappy with what you see, what, what does it matter if a number tells you? Um, and then vice versa, then if you actually, if you actually start to see physical changes in your body that you're proud of and you're happier with, and then you look at the scales and the numbers up, maybe, how does that make you feel? So she was, she was attaching the result with a number on the scale, which is out of your control. So we always talk about, you know, actions that you can control, focus on what you can control, not what you can't, you cannot control whether the number on the scale goes up or not, it is it is something you cannot control and you should completely bin, in my opinion. Only because with this certain demographic, asking them on a consultation how they feel about the scales, if they're in that group that have been brainwashed their whole life, that this is what determines whether you are looking good or looking bad. I looked good at 10 stone, you know, and now they're 12 stone, I've got two stone below. That may be completely wrong. So if they, if they fit into that, I would remove it completely from check-ins. I wouldn't use it at all. Um, and I would just focus then on telling them, all I want to know in, in your check-in is have you actioned and ticked the boxes that we've asked you to? And if it's a yes, then I'm proud of you. That's, that's all that matters. But when it comes down to like, if you've lost a certain amount of weight, I don't care. Because I know if you continue to action these goals, you will get there in the end. That doesn't matter. So I, I honestly, I've seen, we've seen a lot of success since actually removing that. It comes down to how you're looking as well, of course, because if you've got more muscle mass, we know like it's literally science that you're probably not going to be weighing a certain number. I, I say to my clients sometimes, I'm just like, would you rather weigh this number that you've got in your head? Would you rather be that number or would you rather look good at a different number? And funnily enough, the answer is usually the latter. You've, you've literally had that experience yourself as well, personally, with, with uh, like I know your background, where you've come from. Um, you could probably talk about that as well a little bit if you want with, because I know it's your podcast and you probably do, but I think it's good that people who are new listeners get to still know about where you've come from, you know? Um, so yeah, why, why don't you, I'll interview you. <laughs> why don't you talk about your background and explain how your your scale weight now is literally the complete, well, it, it would be a negative view in Weight Watchers, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I'm... <sighs> Yeah, I think I'm probably about 25 kilos heavier than I was when I started. <laughs> so it's been a, yeah, a fair amount, let's just say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I when I got started in fitness, was very into, well, I wasn't saying I was into it. I was following the sort of cardio, you know, culture, not eating very much. It wasn't necessarily intentional that I, I wanted to look skinny, but I think the way everything was marketed at the time was very much um, like, this is what you should do. And they'd have all these pictures of 
shredded women like on the front covers of the magazines and they'd be like oh this is what she does she eats like 800 calories a day and runs for three hours so I'm like okay cool let's do that so (laughs) I very unintentionally went down that route um and I think I, I yeah I mean I'm five foot nine for context and I think I was about 47 kilos at my lowest which is actually awful to look back on um but it took a, a lot, a long time to kind of unlearn those behaviours and, you know, teach myself how to do things right. I don't think it was straightforward by any means. It took a hell of a lot of trial and error and like, sort of challenging myself in a lot of ways and challenging the thoughts that I had to eventually, you know, learn how to do things the right way and sort of change my mindset towards things. And yeah I've honestly never looked looked back and and exactly what you said there about the scales it is so irrelevant like I looked awful when I was that way I looked absolutely awful and I feel right now the best I've probably ever felt um ironically you know 25 kilos heavier than I was when I started and and probably obese on the BMI scale right (laughs) yeah I think do you know what you laugh but I actually think I am or I'm not far off it anyway What was the what was the like transition for you then like with obviously coming from that background and being fed that because there's probably a lot of women that relate to you right there what was the transition to you then obviously learning about you don't need to actually be thinking about losing weight all the time to get to the the whole confidence that you that you're after do you know what I don't know what the pinnacle moment was really for me I think there was definitely a moment where I was like oh shit like this isn't good (laughs) I remember that um I think I'd built such a terrible relationship with food when I was that small um and I remember there was one night where I went out for dinner with my family and um I don't know what they they'd cooked it with some oil or something and I just remember being sat there thinking I can't eat it like I physically can't eat it it's doesn't fit into what I think is the right thing so I remember that being the moment that I was like okay this isn't good whatever this is this isn't good um but then after that it was I don't think it was a straightforward process at all I think it probably took me a good few years to kind of find my feet with it um I was lifting at that point but still not eating enough for a very very long time um more I think I was just subconsciously a bit scared of putting on body fat but actually when I did start to eat a bit more and when I went to uni actually because you know that sort of does force you into more sort of social situations and get you out of your comfort zone a little bit it kind of forced me to you know try eating a bit more and try training a bit better and uh, you know it it sort of it was a snowball effect really from there no it's, it's, it's interesting because like so many people are, are still in that mindset though of, of they have to lose weight and they attach happiness to a certain number when you deep it and you ask them why do you think that number is I actually had the conversation generally this morning with my mom still. She was like, she's what, six months in now, right? And she was like, I really want to weigh now still. I really want to weigh because I want to find out how far I've come because I I, I know I look good. Now I feel good. I feel more confident, but I just want to see the number. And I'm like, you're, you're having that like withdrawal symptom. You know, like when someone like an addict gets, you know, sober for like six months, they have a long, long period of time. And then there's a moment where they want to go back and just almost check themselves one more time. I'm like, that could be that could be the one thing that you do, the most negative thing you do, because it could spiral back to where you were again, and you start weighing again, 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 because you want to see a certain number. And she said, I attach, it was like 11 stone for her, or 10 stone, where she was on her wedding day, and that's where she felt that she looked the best, right? Which is what, 20, 
five years ago now. Um, and I said, is it because you look, you were 11 stone? That's, that's why you were happy. Or is it because you, back then you just looked really good? And she was like, no, nah, it's cause I just, I know I look really good then. And I was like, well, why don't you just, just keep going and you, you look, you look really good. Um, it's not about the number. It doesn't matter. It's just breaking that, that it, I understand it because it's, it's, um, it's a way to feedback to yourself, isn't it? That's completely unbiased. It just, it just tells you what you are. And I get that, but so does the mirror. Like just look in the mirror, and and then you will ju- you will get the the most honest feedback from seeing yourself, and then you can decide if you're happy or not. But then comes down the whole like body confidence thing with with making sure that you don't just pick out all the bad points that you don't like, and just give yourself some praise as well for what you do like. Absolutely, and you know a scale weight number as well can look entirely different at different points in your life. That's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I like for context, I've been the same weight I am now before with a lot more body fat and a lot less muscle and it just looks like a completely like if you were to put the pictures together you'd probably think I at first glance like weighed less now but I actually don't I just have more muscle so this actually brings me on quite nicely to the to the second question um because we had a conversation the other day about mindset but we spoke about it in the context of work and productivity um how important do you think mindset is when it comes to reaching your fitness goals and how can you make yourself better at it? Oof. Mindset's a broad term, isn't it? So what, what, what do you, when you say mindset, what do you mean? So I saw a post the other day that I actually really liked. Um, I can't remember who it was. Um, but you know how people say, you know, getting towards your fitness goals is like, what is it, 90% training and 10% nutrition. Um, this person had said like getting towards your fitness goals is 90% behavior change and mindset, 5% training, 5% nutrition. I was like, yes, like that is bang on. Um, and people don't necessarily appreciate that. I don't think you have to, you have to be in the right frame of mind to stick to something properly. Otherwise it's just not going to work. No, hundred percent. I get what you mean. I get the context of the question. So with with mindset we realize that's why coaching has become so successful because before this and before we were able to deliver the service obviously with the technology that's available now um we'll leave ai out of this for now uh, but when it comes down to the ability to connect with someone and get someone to work and, and break belief systems that they've got about themselves that's what coaching is in my opinion and it's lucky it's a gray area at the moment in terms of how it's governed because essentially you do become life coaches with what you do what you do and the way people open up to you and they you know at the end of the day as long as people know it's like hypothetical advice is fine um but at the end like they're asking you as a person because they look up to you and they 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 use you as like a sort of comfort blanket sometimes and giving out a training plan diet plan we literally see it in the numbers i can go back over the last eight years and see the amount of diet plans the amount of training plans i've sent out to people or sold to people and the amount of results I've had back compared to from coaching. Coaching is literally 90% of people will get results because the 10% are the ones that don't even communicate or check in or just don't even do it, right? Um, but the, the ones that do, I always say that on the first call, as long as you commit to just communicating and checking in, we'll get the best out of you and we'll get results. We guarantee that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all mindset, I'd say. I actually wouldn't. I wouldn't, yeah, I don't even want to give it 5%. It's like, it's it's all unlocking someone's, you know, belief system and, and, and changing it for what they can actually achieve. 
Um, so yeah, what, what's your thoughts on it? No, you're absolutely spot on, especially with coaching as well, because you need to give it your absolute all to get the most out of it. I actually had a very similar situation with this the other day because I've been working with a physio for my shoulder and I respected him for saying this to me because the last the last few weeks I've been really busy and that's an excuse. It's not an excuse. I have been really busy, but he messaged me going, you, you are not doing this as much as you should. Like you should be doing X, Y, and Z. You haven't been, you've been slacking. So you literally cannot complain that your shoulder's not getting better. And I was like fair point (laughs) fair point you're absolutely right but this is a thing like I say to my clients as well like I'm I'm here to coach you so absolutely make the most of it um and sometimes you do need that reminder and actually a bit a bit of a kick up the ass like I had the other day it's the it's the the accountability the sales isn't it like that that's what's valuable in my opinion with coaching um even even for like ourselves as coaches that's that's why i have got no problem with saying that i work with a coach um i don't want the bloody stress of having to do my own nutrition training like i don't want to think about that um and not only that it's i know how valuable the account the accountability is if i do it myself I know so much, like, not so much, but I know enough about nutrition to think, oh, I'll manipulate that, that, and that, so I can go out and do that and that, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's a game of, like, complete change all the time and no consistency um, just because you you know you can take advantage of the system because you know it inside out and you've done it with other clients. So the accountability with someone else, especially it's got to be someone you respect. It's got to be someone you look up to. Um that that then is when you don't want to let them down because you morally you shouldn't want to and that's when a coaching relationship works um the moment i think it becomes have you ever found this with a client actually funny enough because i like i'm not perfect i've made mistakes in the past growing through coaching when you become too friendly with the client and then the coach coach client relationship kind of dies and then they don't really mind too much when they kind of oh, i'm just going to go out a little bit more often or i'm going to not stick to the macros too much i don't mind if i go over a couple of hundred calories every day do you know what i mean um how do you have you ever had that before i have had that before yeah 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 it gets trickier to keep them accountable to what you're asking them to do just because of the relationship i get it um also though i would fully tell someone to get their shit together if they need it <laughs> obviously depends on the person you have to be able to people read pretty well because sometimes that can go down like a sack of shit but (laughs) you can tell them though if they do need to get their shit together because sometimes that's what you need that's what I needed the other day from my physio I needed him to go like do you know what you you're not doing this right you're not doing it right but I I totally agree like that's that that's when you know the, the how valuable the accountability is and that's what makes a skilled coach as well I that's when the I'd much rather pick a personality like for for our team now right I would much rather invest in a personality and buy into people rather than buying into someone's qualification or skill set at the time because I know from a nutritional standpoint and a training standpoint we can train you up to be the best um, or on par with where we we need you to be but from a coachability standpoint and a personality and how you interact with people that's something you I personally don't think you can really it's something you're born with um so if you if you have that ability to 
read people, understand how to get certain people to work and not just blanketly treat everyone the same because this is how I coach. I can't stand it when coaches say that. Um, that's just, your, you just can't, <laughs> you can't read people and work with certain people. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. And I think that's what makes a great coach is it's a skill in itself outside of training and nutrition. You just have, you end up working with so many different types of people. Like you have to be able to understand how someone works. Um, you're going to have people that, literally need their hand held all of the time that's absolutely okay you're gonna have people that are gonna check in once a week and they literally won't communicate with you outside of that and that's also okay but you need to figure out what makes these people tick you can't treat every single person the same because they're not yeah 100 percent. i feel like i feel like the best clients are those ones though <laughs> sometimes because they just leave all the questions in the check-in box and then they just go off, they crack on, they're consistent, and then they come back. Um, but no, I, I, I do like building a relationship and you get that more. Yeah, I can relate to that sort of person because I'm like that. If I was to work with someone, I'd just be like, okay, they told me to do this, I'm going to go and do that and that's it. And I won't need need them for anything else. Um, but also I do understand, you know, potentially as well, if you're not that confident with what you're doing, you do want that reassurance consistently and that's okay. Like That's ultimately what you're paying us for. <laughs> absolutely yeah and i think that's that's just the bodybuilder coming out the new then do you know what i mean i'm just like get shit done no matter what <laughs> so my last question topic it's not even a question it's more of a topic because i think it's an interesting one i want to talk to you about instagram and social media i don't want to knock it by the way because i think it has its positives it absolutely does um but I, went, I was actually going down this rabbit hole the other day with, with one of my friends and we were talking about how it's, I feel like we're talking so much more on social media and in general, just in the world about accepting people, accepting different sorts of people. Um, and yet this generation is probably the most self-conscious generation that I think I've ever seen, an insecure generation. What are your thoughts? Do you think social media is to blame? Do you think it's good? What do you think? Right, this is this is this is when it's going to be dangerous now because I don't want to go too deep. But when we're talking about like society and what's going on in the world today, um, my views on the whole thing are like not not great. So I'm going to try and talk back a little bit. But with with social media, um, I think it's a fantastic tool. But out of no fault of their own. They're exploiting it from a business standpoint and they are destroying our minds in the process. And I don't think it's the whole conspiracy theory of like, it's so extreme where they are trying to purposely control our minds. They're not, they're just doing it for profit. And they they are doing everything they possibly can to make sure that you pick up your phone as often as you can and that you um, that you stay on scrolling as long as you can. That is literally the goal of, of their business. They've got how many thousands of people are working for them and that is their sole target is get everyone on the phone and get everyone to stay on the phone so it is going to get to the point i feel in future where um we are going to be completely like unable to interact with each other or people are going to just we we saw it through through our generation going through school where where people like for example now if a if a man approaches a girl right um if you don't know them already it's they are like, what are you doing? Like, girls will be a little bit afraid because of the way that, you know, women talk about men these days. Um, so there's like, there's all that aspect of it. I'm going off on the tangent now, but I think that it's it's destroying the way that people used to interact with people. 
I know I actually feel really bad for a lot of men I think that I think they, they've all been I don't know I think they've all been put under the same umbrella and it's like this is actually really mean because there are some people some guys that are just genuinely really nice people and say for instance in a gym scenario if a guy comes over and like says oh do you need a spot or do you need this like they're not necessarily a bad person like they might literally just be helping you so you can't be like oh my god this guy came and said this and blah, blah, blah. do you know what I mean I actually think it's really difficult for a lot of men now yeah I, I don't like to blanket that though I agree with what you're saying but I also think that Women have it just as bad as well in certain areas. So it's like, it's both it's both sides. I don't think you need to categorize. Everyone's like suffering from whatever's going on. Um, but in the gym in the gym scenario, I agree. The thing is, on social media, negativity, just like it has in, in media all through history, negativity is what sells. No one cares about the person that's just won a gold prize. Like no one cares about the positive side of things. They want to see the disasters in the world. They want to see all the mass shootings. They want to see stuff like that, right? Um, so when it comes to like the creeps in the gym and, and stuff like that, that then, yes, of course, women now have seen that and been exposed to that. Whereas... Back in the day before social media, you might have seen that happen in person and those people in the gym might have seen that happen and been like, oh my God, that was weird. But it wouldn't have gone around the whole world. Now it's been, everything goes viral and everyone sees it. So everyone's aware of that. And now then men get chucked in that category, I agree. Um, But there is those creeps out there as well. Like there is a small percentage of men. And even though it's a small percentage, because there's billions of people in the world, it's still a lot of men that are creeps. Like (laughs) there are. So they will still go and they'll be you know, mansplaining things to you or like treating you like you don't know what you're doing just because you're a woman. There are, there are those types of people as well. But I think people, go on. Don't get me wrong, there are absolutely gym creeps. <laughs> I've seen them with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like we try, we try and stamp down on it. We don't really tend to have it in our gym because it's like quite a, it's got quite an old school vibe to it. So it's like people don't really tend to carry an ego in the gym because they get put in their place pretty quick. But yeah, in commercial gyms, like I still train in a commercial gym now and again. And uh, yeah, you see it way more often in there, in those places. It definitely happens. <laughs> Can confess, but it's actually, do you know what? It's made worse by social media because I certainly have had it anyway, where there's some slightly questionably creepy men who slide into the DMs and they're in the DMs, but then you see them in real life and they don't speak to you, and it's very weird. I, I've seen I've seen some conversations, to be fair, from like different girls that have shown me stuff that they've been sent, and I'm like, I actually I'd love to have a conversation with the men and just be like, what was the strategy there? Like, what what did you think was going to come from that? I don't know. I genuinely don't know what people expect from these sorts of like messages or like, where are you going with this? <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um but like on the whole, like with the social media thing, right? I would be my advice to people would be like just use it yourself as a tool now. You will know that what what they are doing is they're training your like you they're training your attention span to zero. You are like constantly chasing that dopamine hit. That is literally what is going on. So although the biohacking thing these days has got a bit of like a bad rap to it with the whole like cold plunges and everything like that. When you look deeper, there's actually quite a lot of strategy to it. And there's a reason why. If you have such a big hit of dopamine in the morning, which is what a cold plunge is going to do or a cold shower. Have you ever tried doing it? Because it's like, as much as I don't want to sound like a freak, it gives you one hell of a feeling. Yeah, I haven't. I I appreciate the, 
So I, <laughs> I had a rant about this the other day, actually. Um, it was that loads of influencers at the moment seem to be promoting like these cold plungers and stuff. And I understand it from like a mental clarity perspective and alertness perspective, but from a like muscle recovery perspective, like it's not actually that good. And so it kind of winds me up seeing it everywhere. Yeah, it, it it blunts hypertrophy, doesn't it? So like from a, from that perspective, I totally agree. But from um, like a lot of my clients now have started to pick up from seeing like the way I live and trying to keep myself in decent shape, not going to a full on dad board. Um, I'm kind of focused more on like optimizing cognitive function around for myself, really being quite selfish. And that's one thing I found. And from speaking to doctors about this, especially shout out to Dr. Ed, he's at me a lot with this. Um, If you if you give yourself such a big rush of dopamine first thing in the morning, you don't really chase it as much, which is what you are doing on your phone. So you're less likely to procrastinate when you're trying to do work or a work block. And you're less likely to even want to pick up your phone. So I've definitely found that as well. And a few other things, I just use a little timer now as well, stick on how long I think I'm going to do, like how long a task is going to take me. And I now purposely won't pick up my phone because I know um, that I've got that time, I've allocated it, I've got to get the job done. So there's little things like that. That's another tangent we've gone on now. Um, I sound like a freak. But yeah, I think, I think with social media, if people are aware that there's a company behind the screen that's making money off me. Nothing in life is free. I'm selling my time. I'm literally selling my time to them for free because they're showing me adverts that I'm going to buy from. That's the way it works. So it's up to you if you want to do that. But personally, I may sound like a dick, but I value my time too much. And I'll only follow accounts that's going to give me value. And thankfully, these days, the whole business strategy that's going around at the moment that's popular is give as much free up from value as you possibly can. Um, So you can follow these accounts and genuinely learn a lot. It's not a scam. It's just a strategy. They want to upsell you to a higher service. It's the same strategy we have. Like I'm totally open about the the way we post. There's nothing that I'm not transparent about. We give as much free value as we possibly can so that people realize when you work with us, you get so much more. So that's that's the way the social media is. Follow the counts that do that, and you're genuinely going to be you level you level up your life from just using social media in a good way, not just posting selfies for attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think quite often as well, um, we feel like we have to follow cert- certain people just because we know them. And actually, sometimes you look at their content and go, "This isn't actually making me feel good," <laughs> and it's actually okay. Like I've. I've put my hands up. I've done it with a lot of people. I'll just mute posts and mute their accounts. And it's not because I don't love them as a person, but actually, is it making me feel good? No, not really. So <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to... Do you want an example of that? Yeah, I'm just going like, to give an example of that right now. I can't out my friends. <laughs> I'm just... Um, they're not close friends. I'll, I'll say that now because they would actually kill me if I did that. But other people like it's not not necessarily even in like a mean way but you know when you when you see um people posting like the highlights of their lives and like people that do that a lot sometimes when you see it you're just like oh here we go again do you know what I mean and it's like actually would I feel better if I hadn't seen this yeah let's be real yeah
No, I like that tangent as well. It's very true. <laughs> I absolutely despise dating apps. Yeah. Honestly. It's a, it's a it's a dodgy one. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, everyone's tried it and done it for a laugh, like maybe in uni or something, but not for finding a relationship. It's so tricky because, like, if you if you see a picture of someone, you don't know if you like have a spark with them, or you could, you could swipe no to someone that would could actually be like the love of your life because you haven't met them in person. You don't know what their whole aura and persona is like. Like, you're just basing it on this one picture that you've seen. Yeah, that that's that's the whole thing about like dating as well. That like, if you want to go down that route, like I I'm not a fan of at all because you are meeting the person you're you're meeting the person that they display to you. Do you know what I mean? And just like social media, they're gonna be on their best behavior for the first few times. Like there's very rarely will someone actually be totally themselves. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, my, my strategy would be just literally ask the most deepest possible questions you can and just get them to either cry or leave. Savage. <laughs> that is and, cool. um, that's how you're going to find out. Yeah, literally make an interview, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Yeah, no, those are interesting topics for sure. I just think the way the world is going these days is a bit questionable, but <laughs> we're all aboard the same train, so we've just got to ride it, ride it out. In, in what way, though? What do you, what do you think is questionable about what's what's going on Mm, more so the rise of social media more than anything i think it's got to a point where it's a bit much to be perfectly honest with you um especially i think i see it very clearly because and you probably will as well because your job is largely on social media as well so it's not like you can even go right i'm actually just going to check out of this for a few weeks and have a break because it's like you can't it's your job um but actually, you do sometimes look at it and think it takes more from you than it actually gives. But again, that's a, that's a model, isn't it? That's Instagram. Yeah, but I think that comes down to, like, for yourself, if you're talking about yourself, I think that just comes down to being disciplined with how much you just scroll. Like, just go on and post. Oh, no, absolutely. That's completely true. But then you look at all the strategies and it's like, okay, right, once you've posted, you then have to go and interact so that your post actually does a little bit better. So it's like, yeah, okay, to an extent, it's getting blurred lines going on here. (laughs) I think, yeah, no matter how how much you say, like, oh, I don't really scroll, like, I think everyone gets caught into that and dragged into that a little bit. Um, But like I said, I, I think... I think it's a great tool and and it does generally connect people a lot more. Like we wouldn't even be having this conversation now if it wasn't for that and we wouldn't be running the businesses we do if it wasn't for that. So there's a lot to take from it. And I do think it's spreading more good than bad. Um, but there is definitely a people that will be just having a very negative experience of it because of purposely what they are being shown. And that's because they are consuming it. Like So it is up to you to change how much you consume something. Um, so it is all within your control, but the algorithm is going to do its best to try and keep you in a bad place yeah no absolutely well and I think it is important who you follow as well particularly in the the fitness world as well and you know this is a whole other tangent but the body image side of things as well you know if you're following people that you're you know even subconsciously envious of and that's all you're seeing it's gonna make you feel like shit it really is did you struggle did you struggle with your identity after leaving competing or being a bodybuilder no, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't a serious bodybuilder, so it was fine. Um, but no, I think when I when I did compete, I thought I would do it again until I came back into some sense of normality, and then I was just like, 
did I actually enjoy that? <laughs> mm, no, questionable. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I surrounding. Sorry, um, surrounding your feed as well and the people you follow. Like you're around the whole bodybuilding industry. You're you're deep in that, you know. Um, so I think that is one thing that you probably struggled with a little bit because you'd see. Is that what you mean? Like seeing all of those girls you potentially follow that are taking their physique to the absolute extreme. Um, but you're all, you're only seeing the positive. They don't really share the negative. Yeah, I think more so when I very first got Instagram, so a really long time ago, I was it wasn't so much of a thing, but that I was following a lot of the girls that had, you know, completely shredded six packs and um, it just made me feel rubbish. I think not so much when I think back to competing. I actually don't think I followed a lot of bodybuilders anyway, so it kind of was okay. Um, but definitely the beginning, because I would only follow people that looked absolutely, you know, shredded to the bone, front cover of women's health, like that, that vibe. And it, well, yeah, it doesn't make you feel good. It really doesn't. But no, it's, it's interesting. And, and the thing is, like, when you go deep into that industry yourself, you, you then actually get to see and feel what it's like to actually be that person. Um, so you realize that now that you see it from Instagram, I think you can actually make a judgment of like, that person probably isn't really that happy. Their relationships probably ain't that great. Like, I don't want to blanket everyone with that, but it's for the most, the majority, it is kind of like that. And on prep, everyone breaks up. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I Don't get me wrong. Everyone is completely different in this boat. But I personally, when I competed and I was that lean, I probably felt the most unconfident I had ever felt in my life honestly to the point where it was like I physically didn't want to leave the house on some days because I was so insecure about how I look it is sad like hearing that because especially where you where you came from you probably went through the whole like spiral of like not confident getting really confident diving into this and then pushing yourself back down potentially worse than where you were before um but yeah, but it's but it's at the same time it's brought you to where you are now. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, it has. I wouldn't say I was worse than I was before, but I think I was very aware by the point I was that lean. I was like, I don't like this, and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> um, partly, you know, you could argue I just didn't have as as much muscle mass as some of the other competitors um you know particularly those that are maybe assisted and all of that like yes okay you're probably gonna look a hell of a lot better than I did when I was lean because I didn't have that um but yeah it is wild to to look back on and and you're gonna look at those people and think oh you I bet you feel amazing like you're so lean I bet you feel amazing and actually no I didn't at all and and, and I think being like totally honest as well I still have those moments especially as a guy probably and i see people that are like in great shape shredded and obviously it looks good doesn't it and it's like oh, i miss that i do miss that but then i think about how my life was and how i lived and how i was as a person and i definitely don't miss that and it's not worth that so yeah i i, I don't know i feel like i'm still not like where i want to be personally because i think we're all still like if you think you are totally perfect, like, I think you've got a problem. So um, I think there's still like elements of life I, I want to definitely improve. <laughs> yeah. So, but but being fed, you're right. Being fed still on, on Instagram, which I still am, 
seeing all these pictures, I think if I wasn't seeing that, I probably wouldn't be thinking about it as much. But I still am being reminded of that, you know. I mean, I got off a call yesterday with Callum again. So, um, you know, talking to someone that's literally at the top of bodybuilding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not going back down that route, don't worry. No, that's, that's so true. Um, and the thing is, at the end of the day, we're we are all going to compare ourselves to other people all the time. It's literally human nature. As much as you can be like, no, like I'm never going to compare. I'm never going to look like, of course you fucking are. Like it is in our nature to do that. Um, I was literally having this conversation with a girl in the gym earlier, actually. Um, she was saying, oh, I wish I wore shorts today. And I was like, oh, I, I'd, I'm open about this. I don't like wearing shorts, but it's so hot at the moment. It's like, do you know what? It is what it is. Um, and I said to her, like, yeah, sometimes though I put them on, I'm like, oh, like that. And she's like, no, I look at you and you're amazing. And I'm like, but I look at you and you're amazing. <laughs> like, it's literally just always going to be like that. It's just, it's in our nature. We are going to compare ourselves to other people, simple as. But that's a, that's a nice trait, though, because there are some people as well that are genuinely, like, believe they look so much better than everyone else so um yeah i think it's a good thing they're rare though i think they're probably the most insecure people really they're just putting on that big you know extrovert persona yeah that's true yeah yeah (laughs) judging people now but yeah thanks for coming on the podcast that was really good fun um i'm gonna have to think of some more really deep topics to ask you about on on another one yeah no definitely i think yeah we won't hold back as much next time maybe (laughs) (laughs) sounds good cool right well i'm gonna link all your socials um in the description um so if anyone wants to go and find my friend whose name i still cannot say i i I could try but it really wouldn't be accurate so (laughs) You can you can butcher it. You you go one shot, butcher it. Oh, do it again. Let me copy it. So. God, how do you make that sound? <laughs> no, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm taking the piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it. Because I just go shh. That's not right. I'm gonna practice, and by the next podcast, I'm gonna have it down. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. How do you make that sound? <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm taking the piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it. Cause I just go shh. That's not right. I'm gonna practice, and by the next podcast, I'm gonna have it down. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm taking the piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it, because I just go shh. That's not right. Oh, my God. So, right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to practice and by the next podcast I'm going to have it down. (laughs) Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? (laughs) Um, no. I'm going to, it's going to sound like I'm taking the piss. (laughs) 
loud. No, that's not it, because I just go, shh, that's not right. I'm going to practice, and by the next podcast, I'm going to have it down. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? <laughs> um... No, I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it. Cause I just go shh. That's not right. I'm gonna practice, and by the next podcast, I'm gonna have it down. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? Um, no, I'm gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it, because I just go, shh, that's not right. I'm gonna practice, and by the next podcast, I'm gonna have it down. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. How do you make that sound? <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it, because I just go, shh, that's not right. <laughs> I'm gonna practice, and by the next podcast, I'm gonna have it down. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Schlau. No, that's not it, because I just go, shh, that's not right. I'm going to practice, and by the next podcast, I'm going to have it down. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, guys. Bye. God, how do you make that sound? <laughs> um, no, I'm going to...